What does bread have to do with your motivation? The answer coming up next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. Hello, it's great to bring you another episode from Canada's beautiful capital city, Ottawa. We're under a thick blanket of snow right now, but I know many of you are not. So shout out to some of you listening into some of the warmer snowless climates out there like New Zealand and South Africa. And I've got a few listeners I know in Brazil and Argentina too. So welcome to you. Wherever you are, I hope you've had a week filled with enjoyable exercise. And today's show was triggered by something I came across on Instagram this week. And the regular listeners out there will know I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to analyzing popular fitness culture, which Instagram contributes to massively these days. And and I've done a few shows spotlighting some of the unhelpful messages that circulate social media. I'll list each of these, what I call adage annihilation shows in the notes for you if you want to check them out if you haven't already. Anyway, when you add up the hundreds and hundreds of these popular fitness maxims and phrases or quotes that circulate online, it's no surprise that people struggle to stay active because the association between fitness and pain and suffering is a strong one. And that association between exercise and self-sacrifice is so common that it's really infiltrated our mindset towards moving. And a big part of this is how today's fitness discourse is, you know, at its foundation, informed strongly by the military, military culture, and even elite sport. And these two cultures have, by and large, bought into the unsustainable, no pain, no gain approach to exercise that is so dominant. And when it comes to your relationship with exercise, we can't ignore this sociology. We can't ignore it. And your mindset is highly influenced by these dynamics, these social dynamics. And the and you know, your mindset ultimately is a collection of beliefs and attitudes towards something and your mindset also dictates, you know, how you make decisions and a host of other behaviors. And so your mindset really, as I always say, informs the methods you take to get and stay active. And those methods, including how you perform exercise as you do it, massively influences your motivation. And the most powerful source of motivation, as I've described many times on the show and which bears itself out over and over again in the research is intrinsic motivation. And these are the feelings, the internal feelings of enjoyment and competence and even social connection. And these things are really important. It's a powerful engine. Intrinsic motivation is a powerful thing. And staying disciplined to what I call the pain mindset usually means ignoring how we feel. It's usually devoid of a lot of this intrinsic motivation, this juicy, nutritious, intrinsic motivation. You know, we put Ultimately, we put our motivation on shaky ground. When we look at fitness, we have this mindset that it is something that should be self-sacrificing. It should be painstaking. And I sometimes chuckle to myself because the messaging just keeps on coming. And this week I came across on Instagram, as I often do, 
uh, a post from someone uh, who shares this shirtless warrior-like pose, you know, flexing his pecs, screaming at the camera. And below the picture, it has the word motivation, but it's crossed out. And below it, it says discipline. And maybe, you know, you've seen something similar out there. Well, the caption below it, the caption of the post, try to argue that motivation is garbage, that we don't need it. Instead, we simply need to be disciplined and self-sacrificing. Willpower is the way. And ironically, the caption (laughs) also at the same time, while trying to make the argument that motivation is garbage, they actually admitted of how much they love to lift. And that was a big part of their fitness journey. Well, which is it? There's nothing more motivating than having a love for something. And I just find the juxtaposition of these two positions really, really fascinating, particularly when people are trying to argue with me that motivation is not needed. Discipline is always the way to go. And I don't always necessarily decouple motivation and discipline. I think they can work together. And I'm going to get to that in a moment. But look, I get what people are doing. And sometimes, yeah, it's about the ego, you know. Look how tough I am because of what I endure and how I show up even though I don't feel like it. But this is grossly misleading. Even the most loyal people, and I've interviewed a ton of them over the years, even the most loyal have days when they don't feel like exercising. That's true. I mean, I have those days too, and I'm sure you do too. But there are fewer and farther between than someone who's locked in a relationship that has no love. Or let's put it another way, that they don't even like exercise. A relationship that doesn't even have the like factor is usually a relationship that withers on the vine. And yet, this whole how you feel doesn't matter, just get on with it message persists. And I believe, you know, when you add these messages, these types of messages, we take them in their totality, I believe it hurts people. I believe it distracts them from putting in the work to create or find or create and find the love so that they can have the luxury of wanting to exercise rather than constantly feeling that they should, even though it sucks to do. And as I've said before, I've analyzed hundreds of these messages, hundreds of memes. There's a a chapter in my book about this uh, this analysis. And if you follow my Instagram at kelly.dell, that's D-O-E-L-L, I attack some of the awful ones from time to time. And I do this because I want to show that popular fitness culture is usually the obstacle, not the solution to our collective inactivity challenges. Now, with all of that said, sometimes, you know, my message gets confused that exercise isn't effortful, that exercise is always fun and rainbows and all the rest. Well, it can be fun and it can be blissful if you like, but I have to say that effort is the cost of entry. It's not always going to be comfortable. It's not going to be as comfortable as it is sitting on your couch watching your favorite movie. That's not the idea. The idea is that not all effort is created equal. And just like there are dozens and dozens of different kinds of bread when you go to the grocery store or you go to the bakery or wherever it is you get bread these days. Amazon is Amazon selling bread. I sure as heck hope that Amazon isn't in the bread business. That 
would just be too weird. And now that I'm talking about it, I, I'll bet you that they are. Anyway, when it comes to bread, what you prefer most, the type that you prefer most, is likely not what I prefer or what your neighbor prefers or what your best friend prefers. Taste in this regard really matters, just like taste matters in fitness. And if I were to follow this bread analogy further, this food analogy further, if I were to characterize the way that exercise is served to us through you know, the messaging in popular fitness culture today, it's just plug your nose and shovel it in. Get on with it. But just like with bread, there are so many wonderful options out there for us. So this whole plug your nose approach is not only awful, it's unnecessary. Regardless, our collective penchant to attack fitness in a way that creates aversive experiences is strongly tied to how much value or prestige we place on elite performance, elite athletics, and the military. We celebrate that stuff. We celebrate records. We marvel at ideal body types. We marvel at crazy athletic or physical achievement. And that's cool. I do too, right? I mean, that's part of this whole thing. It's fascinating to see what the human body can do. But most of all, above all of these things, we listen when people say fitness success is about willpower and discipline. That's a message we get hammered with over and over again. And it starts to make sense. It starts to make sense when we see or we listen to people who are pushing the, you know, the the edges of human performance, where pain and discomfort are a dominant part of daily life for them. And yeah, that can make sense. That approach can make sense for, you know, short-term endeavors like 30-day challenges because willpower can, honestly, it can be a useful tool over short stretches. It can be a useful tool for you today or tomorrow, but willpower and discipline can never replace the power of attraction, being drawn to something, to crave it, to feel like doing it. And put another way, willpower and discipline can never overcome an aversion to exercise. In fact, the approach, the willpower and, you know, no pain, no gain approach, for example, creates aversive relationships. It can create really aversive relationships if we're not careful. The trouble is, as I encounter it when I'm collecting fitness histories and I'm having conversations about attraction and aversion, is that if we focus so much on the outcome we want, to achieve some sort of physical feat like a 10K personal best or to bench press a certain weight, it becomes easy to ignore the importance of feel. And this is why I've written on my blog and I post a lot about how goals can be a distraction from creating the relationship that you really need to actually go and achieve those goals. Because a, <laughs> a relationship that's built on attraction means that you're going to persist and persistence is required for consistency. And that is ultimately what's going to contribute to goal achievement. And if exercise is all about overcoming how it feels, because of course it feels awful, right? Then things will fall apart. And worse, if that's what we believe it should be like, you know, that it should feel awful. And that's our mindset, the starting and quitting, starting and quitting pattern, you know, which we all know, you know, even the most loyally active have been stuck in that pattern before, that pattern will continue. And who knows, at one point, and this is a thing I don't talk about a lot, at one point, you might feel so discouraged 
or so indifferent, you won't even start back up again. And that can happen. So today, what am I saying with all of this? Well, discipline, like other popular terms in health and fitness, has been branded. We've got these associations to do with that word. It's been branded as typically ignoring what we want to do to do something that we feel we should do. We want to avoid discomfort. And as I talked about last week, we're compelled to avoid unnecessary energy expenditure, right? It's in our genetic makeup to a certain degree. And this makes what I'm going to say even more important this week. Self-discipline today is treated as some sort of self-sacrificing responsibility that offers little emotional return until a goal is achieved, until that PR is met, until those muscles look a certain way, etc., etc., etc. And this brand of fitness rests on a motivational pathway that makes it easy or easier to drop out when things get difficult, to drop out if those goals aren't happening or we're not achieving them quickly enough. Because the process that we are engaging in to chase those goals offers few intrinsic rewards. And so in the name of a sustainable relationship with exercise, a relationship that will you know, ultimately give you many benefits in the short and long term, if your attempts at self-discipline aren't enjoyable, you're probably doing it wrong. And given the barriers we face today, and I've described before, and I've discussed even in the last episode, if we don't give our best efforts to build something enjoyable, we will keep returning to the start because that's the conditions that in which we live. We are living in a society now where we have to keep on choosing over and over again to be active. It's not a part of daily life as naturally as it used to be. We have to keep choosing it. And we're going to choose to be active when we have an attraction to physical activity, when we enjoy it. So it's time to decouple the concepts of discipline and self-sacrifice and discipline and self-punishment and discipline and pain. And after all, if we look at the actual definition of discipline, it means the practice of sticking to a code of behavior or a set of rules. And guess what? Who makes those rules? Well, you should. You should make those rules. Those rules should feel like your rules. And staying obedient to, you know, some of these militaristic perspectives of self-sacrifice and um, no pain, no gain might not be your bag. And that is fine. Staying obedient to pushing limits, you know, which risks burnout, by the way, might not be your bag either. And by the way, when it comes to the state of your relationship with exercise, one of the most troubling things or troubling symptoms is burnout. Overcoming burnout is hard. And yes, you know, when I take all of these things together, enjoyment is a personal thing. It's a personal thing. And I'm sure some of you truly enjoy pushing your limits and dealing with, you know, the intense sensations that exercise can, you know, can offer, if not only once in a while. And I don't mind that test either, but such tests can still be a part of an attraction or part of the enjoyment of the process because you're testing yourself while doing activities that you love, right? So 
it's a hundred percent okay if you know that nose plugging way of exercise isn't appealing. And in the end, if you rarely feel like showing up, if you dread your workouts, if you commonly can't wait for your runs to be over, if you're wearing out that willpower button, you know, all of these things are just signals that it's probably time to rethink things. It might be time to question this self-sacrificial, no pain, no gain, plug your nose mindset or approach. Because remember, your mindset influences your methods, including your activity choices and how you perform them. And those methods dictate whether you're creating an aversion to exercise or an attraction. And that attraction, that feeling can change your life. All right, I don't know about you, but all this exercise talk has got me craving some movement, so I'm heading out for a run. Thanks for checking in this week, and of course, until next time, here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.